The following content is from Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a gospel-driven high-adventure camp in western North Carolina. Go to swoutfitters.com to learn more about our camps and conferences. Enjoy the message. All right, let's go ahead and, uh, and get started uh, with our last breakout here. Uh, who, who's had a great weekend so far? It's been rainy. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's been rainy, but it's been awesome. It's honestly been super encouraging, uh, different conversations I've had with you know, former staff that have come in with new people. Uh, it's just been a really, really awesome weekend. There's been a lot of sessions, two more sessions after this. Um, so if you feel like you're drinking from, from a fire hose, that's all right. You know, keep taking notes. Keep, you know, it'll, it'll come. Uh, definitely take the time to, you know, like I said, take those notes, and then you'll be able to look, at, look back over them uh, in the weeks to come over this next semester. Uh, and I, my prayer is that this time, uh, that you are, are spending this weekend will really be a launching point for the next two or three months uh, into the school year. Um, and so wh- whatever you're at, wh- whether you're going to school or whether you're in the, the workforce, whatever it is, uh, that's, that's my prayer. And that's honestly our prayer for y'all. Um, and so with that, with going back into our lives, there's definitely uh, a, a systematic, a systemic, however you want to say it, uh, mediocrity that is truly being thrust upon us. We've hinted at it a lot, uh, and it's taken different forms because our our society has taken a whole bunch of different forms to attack us, and this is one of the ways uh, that's attacking us right now. And so uh, as we're diving in here, the main verse that I want us to look at uh, as we're, and we'll use this kind of as we launch the discussion about Christian excellence in an age of systematic or systemic mediocrity. Uh, it's Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. And so, uh, as we're as we're looking at this, we really need to, you know, with this verse in mind, with the with in mind that the mind of Christ, the mind of God, His qualities, His divine qualities, His divine nature, everything that we're going to be talking about is going to be pulled out of who God is. And so, what what is mediocrity? Um, as I was doing research for this and studying for it, uh, there's a lot of different things that you can find, you know, as far as like, what is, what is the definition of being mediocre? Um, and so uh, a lot of people will say it's, it's just, you know, you're being average, like it's, you know, a mundane life going through. But, and so for a lot of people that can be like, okay, that's, you know, simple living, like middle of the road, your typical average run of the mill type of life. And so but we all know that mediocrity has a different connotation than just, you know, being average, being, being mid, whatever it is, however you want to say it. It has a different connotation. It has this more negative connotation, this, this unrealized potential. And so when you sit back and you think about that, that unrealized potential, that potential that was wasted away, none of us want that in any of our lives. And so when people start talking about these things of being mediocre, of mediocrity, it really strikes a chord in all of us. 
is really something that as you're sitting there, whether you're laying in your bed or you're sitting on your couch or whatever it is, you're in your dorm room, and people are being like, ah, oh, yeah, I mean, no one outright says this to anybody, or at least I hope so, but it's like, that, that was pretty, that, that guy's just mediocre, you know, he's pretty average, or whatever it is, like that, if you were a fly on the wall and someone said about you, and you heard that with your own ears, oh my goodness, as like someone in this age, like, that would rip your heart out because it'd be like, you, we all want to be something greater. But for what purpose, for what goal, for what end is that? And so uh, mediocrity at the end of its core <clears throat> in definition and connotation, let me propose this. Mediocrity is being or doing less than what something should be or should be doing. So basically... <clears throat> Mediocrity is you're still working. You're not a lazy bum. You're not some, you're not some person that's, you know, we know these people that they're, they're, they've got no plans. They've got no goals. They've got no aspirations. We've talked about that as well. And that's something that needs to be addressed with a Christian ethic. But it's someone that you're, you've got an idea of what you want to do. You've kind of got, you know, some goals. You're going to school. You've got a job. You're, you know, you don't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but you're also, there's no aspiration. There's no aspiration outside of yourself. It is completely self-centered and you don't even know it. You don't even know it. Like I said, as you're sitting in your bed, as you're sitting on your couch, you, it's not even a thought that passes your mind that there's something outside of yourself that you should be striving towards. We do this as Christians as well. Our goal should be for Christ. Our goal should be for God. But when we're sitting down, so often, my, my wife and I talk about this all the time, there's, there's like an intoxication of life that happens. And this happens for believers and unbelievers. We're not, as believers, believers are not immune to this. But mediocrity and mediocre can affect your life and you don't even know it. You don't even know it. And what that looks like is, oh man, uh, I gotta get my degree. Oh man, I gotta... I gotta get a job now. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta get a house, I gotta get an apartment. Uh, man, I should probably be thinking about a wife. Uh, I got a wife, I gotta have a kid. Uh, this kid, uh, you know, they gotta put him in a good school. Uh, next step, good school, oh, I gotta think about retirement now. And you gotta realize, like, all throughout your life, you can really intoxicate yourself with what this life has to offer in a very subtle way. It can be so subtle as you're walking through your life that it's just one step after another and you think that this next step is going to satisfy, and the next step is going to satisfy, and you're, this, is, this is not even a conscious thought. But it is so mediocre because you're not realizing the potential that the Lord has for you. And so as we're thinking about that, as we're thinking about reclaiming what mediocre means, we're reclaiming, so we're in an age where also we want to redefine all the terms. Uh, we need to reclaim what being mediocre is. It's not simply just an average, boring life. It is a life that is not realizing what the potential should be. So, how has this happened systematically? How is this, how is this, how, how are we not holding to a holy standard but succumbing to a societal standard? How are we, how is this happening in this age? In this age especially, it's living in a way that is completely self-centered and is wrapped up in that. <clears throat> and for society, the benefit of society is for control over you. 
And as Christians, we know that the only thing that should be driving us, the only thing that should be controlling what we do, the only thing that we should be submitting ourselves to is to the Lord. And so the goal of society is to make everything about you, to cloud your vision with everything. Like I said, I mentioned the intoxicated life. We can, that can, this can be fueled in so many different ways. And just a few of these include, obviously, <laughs> everyone knows it, what's on our phones. The hours and hours we spend on our phones, scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through whatever social media it is late at night, whatever, I mean, that's, I mean, who doesn't at some point, that's how you go to sleep. Like, that's, that's what affects all of us. I mean, it's so easy just to open up whatever app, whatever, you know, whatever it is, I mean, news, Twitter, I mean, it doesn't even matter. Whatever you're filling your eyes with, whatever you're filling your mind with, with relationships, we can be filling our souls with what our relationships, as society is saying what they should be. Again, to continue to have that control over your actions and what you're doing through our faith. Even as Christians, society can, and again, society is pushing, it's violently pushing against the Christian faith right now. But also, one of the tools that the devil uses is to just twist it just a little bit and be like, this is what true faith looks like. This is what, you know, as a society, this is what belief in anything looks like. Apply this. We talk about worldview. We've talked about greatest enemy. What are these things? Apply that to your faith. So what you have to sit down and you have to think about how has the world affected even the way I view God? Through our thoughts, through our experiences, through our responsibilities, we are slowly and systematically accepting lesser and lesser versions of all of these things. We're accepting lesser, lesser versions of what relationships should be, of what faith should be, of what our thoughts and our thought life should be, of our experiences, and obviously lesser and lesser versions of what our view of responsibility should be as well. So the, the example is, is, is you're on a treadmill. You're on a treadmill. You can easily say, hey, look, I'm working, I'm doing, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing right now. It's all, you know, if anyone from the outside looking in, it'd be great. And if social media has taught us anything, <laughs> it's how to put on a good face. It's how to put on a face of, look, everything's great. Everything's going well. But in reality, you are going absolutely nowhere. Because all that attention is still on you all that control is you're still being swept away by the tide. And so with that idea of mediocrity and mediocre, a shift over to excellence. What is Christian excellence? How do we break this? What is it? Where are we going from here? Because all of that control, all of those pressures, all of that, all of those ideas that we're being flooded with, what biblically, where should we be grounded? And so again, as I was, as I was studying through this, and as I was saying in Second Peter, uh, the word for excellence that is used there, it's, uh, it's in Greek, the meaning, a fuller meaning of what that word excellence is, it's a sum of all of the desirable qualities. And so clearly, he's re- the, the Peter is relating this to the Lord. And so it's the fullness, the fullness of qualities that are the Lord. That's what excellence is. And so it's not, it's not simply a laundry list of Christian do's and don'ts. 
It's not simply like, oh, well, you're, you're not doing this good enough, or, you're, you know, I need to do this more, or whatever it is. It is the entirety of who the Lord is. We always, we say all the time that God is love. God is also excellence. In him is full and true excellence. And apart from him, there is no excellence. Excellence does not exist apart from God, apart from Christ. So, as the believer, what does this look like? Going back to Second Peter, it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. The way that we experience this excellence, the way that we break mediocrity, the way we break being mediocre is simply partaking in the divine nature of God. It is not complicated. Partake and share in his qualities. That is who we are as Christians. And so in this, we are set apart. We are a priesthood. priesthood. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 talks about this. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, the calling to partake in the divine nature of God, in which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. It's not about us. Again, like I said, it is not a list of do's and don'ts. I don't want, I don't want anyone to come in and to leave saying, man, excellence, it's, it's another thing that I have to do. It's another, there are aspects to that, and we'll get to that. But at its core, where your heart should be, what your heart should be yearning for, what your mind should be excited to go towards, is the divine nature of God. It's to share in that. And we, we as people, like I said, apart from Christ, there is no excellence. Apart from Christ, we have, our, our greatest hope is mediocrity. And in reality, our, re, our reality is, is wrath. And so within Christ, this amazing hope that we have of excellence. And so how these things are amazing. 1 Corinthians 10.31 talks about this as well. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Following in line with his excellence, whatever we're doing, all of it, like I said, it is a heart attitude. Everything we do is for his glory. Because it's in his glory and his excellence that we find this. And so how amazing are these things? We're literally called to share in the excellence of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Christian excellence is simply enjoying the Lord in this partaking of his divine nature. Just stop. Just stopping thinking about yourself and finding enjoyment in the Lord is Christian excellence. Now that sounds super easy. Sitting in this room, listening, being a snowbird, you're around believers, and you're getting, you know, prepared to go back. But we all know, life is going to hit you in the face real quick. And, you know, thinking and enjoying the Lord, we've talked about it a lot. You know, Spencer's talked about it. We've talked about it through different sessions. But it it gets hard. Self-motivation, discipline, it's not enough because the sources of that is yourself. It has to be rooted in Christ. 
So our flesh, something that we all struggle with, something that we all deal with, makes it incredibly difficult. So going back to mediocrity and seeing this, this dichotomy between what excellence, Christian excellence is and what society is thrusting upon us in mediocrity, to someone on the outside, to someone that doesn't truly believe that Christian excellence is, is enjoying the Lord, is partaking in his nature, it may look very much like mediocrity. I was talking to, to one of the guys this week about, you know, about this concept and, you know, what, we're, what I was going to talk about. And, uh, and uh, we, were, we were thinking of different examples of, of men and women that display this, that we're like, these people are, are simply, they're, they're displaying this Christian excellence in their life. But from anyone from the outside, it, it looks very simple. They're, they are, like I said, it, it may look like simply going to work, simply going to class, simply, uh, you know, studying and doing whatever it is. And again, as life continues, being faithful to your wife, being faithful to raise your kids up, being faithful to your church, continuing to do those things. But what is the source? Where is the source coming from? Because again, it can look and seem like it's mediocre, but what it is is where is your source? Where is your heart coming from? And so uh, with that, Whatever we do is for the Lord, to worship and enjoy him, which is excellent. So, big deal. What is the need to be an excellent Christian rather than mediocre? And this, this is super powerful. We're called to something higher than just ourselves. We're called to be amb- ambassadors for Christ. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16 through 21 outlines this beautifully. It says... From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us, to us, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is huge. This is huge. This is why it's a big deal. This is why it's a big deal to strive after these things. This is why it's a big deal to to choose to enjoy the Lord. This is a big deal why it's important to choose not to find the strength within yourself. Because all of us in here, we've tried this game. We've tried to go at it on our own. We've tried to to live life on our own strength. It doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. We've all tried to do it. We have great seasons with the Lord, and then we, you know, we're feeling great about ourselves. You know, we're doing good, and we neglect. 
And we were like, eh, I don't need to read the Bible. Eh, I don't, I don't need to really pray about this decision. As small or as large it may be, as it may be. And we act in the flesh, and it fails us every time. And so this huge, groundbreaking truth means that in partaking of the divine nature of God and simply enjoying his divinity, enjoying his excellence, we are now sharing in his ministry. Simply enjoying the excellence and sharing in the excellence of who the Lord is we are now a part of the ministry of reconciliation for souls. How encouraging and amazing is that? Simply by living and being underneath the Lord, under his teaching, under his rule, under his guidance, under his source of strength, we will be messengers of reconciliation. That should empower us. That should get us excited to know that coming out of, you know, opposition, rejection of the Lord, to not only share with him and who he is, but then to go forward and act as an ambassador for him. We now represent God in his excellence. To be, to be a force against mediocrity, be a force against sin, to be a force against the, the powers and the principalities of this world. It is huge. So, to give some practical advice, how am I to be excellent as a Christian in this age? So obviously the first one is to partake in the divine nature of God. Is to think about, to dwell on, to meditate on the truths of 2 Peter. To understand that yeah, there's going, there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days. But if what I'm rooted in, if my, what my spirituality is rooted in is in Christ, and my strength is not myself, if my, my enjoyment is not coming from something other than God, because your flesh is going to lie to you. Your flesh is going to lie to you, and you've already felt it. Every single <laughs> influence in this society is telling you, the Lord's not really going to satisfy you. You really think you only need the Lord Again, sitting in your apartment, in your house, whatever it is, and you're thinking to yourself, man, how can it be? How can it be that I only need the Lord? Those are the lies. And like we said, we've, 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 we've preached it all this weekend. It's, it's all the music. It's all the social media posts. It's all the advertisements. It's everything saying, this will satisfy this will satisfy. Oh, if, if this doesn't satisfy, you can do this. And then if you get bored with that, now you can do this. It is never going to satisfy people. Trust me. It is never going to satisfy. If we are not in the Bible, if we are not in the body of believers, if we are not enjoying the things that the Lord has created to keep us centered, to keep us rooted in him, we will continue for entire lives to look to be satisfied by something else, and it will never fulfill. So, the second thing, be God-centered, not self-centered. And in this, you will break the control of society. You will break the control of being mediocre. You will not be mediocre. That fear that we have inside of us of being mediocre, that fear that we have of being 
just another guy, just another girl, it's going to be broken. Stop thinking about yourself. Stop going forward in life and thinking, man, if I can just improve this one thing about me or this, this desperate act of, you know, ah, I, just wish, I just wish this was different about my body. I just wish that I was smarter. I wish that I looked better. Whatever it is, it's not, it's not. Break the control. Let your life be God-centered. Let him define who you are. You're going to fail in this, but that's why we have the spirit. Third thing, work hard. Like I said, your flesh is going to fight against this. Society is going to fight against it. The world is going to fight against this. The, the devil sure isn't going to like this either. So work hard. Work hard to live out the enjoyment of the Lord. There are so many things that the Lord has created, as a side note, to enjoy. And so let's enjoy them. Again, all of this goes back to and, and is centered on where's your source? Where's your source? We can still enjoy music. We can still enjoy art. We can still enjoy athletics. Whatever it is that you enjoy, we can still enjoy it. But where is your focus? Where is your center? What is your reason for it? Our reason should be that we are ambassadors for Christ. With the Lord in the ministry of reconciliation. So, like I said, we're going to fail in this. We're going to fall into mediocrity, the, the definition that we've created, not being what we should be in Christ. But that's why the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit. <laughs> How beautiful that is. That's why we have that, to come back to, to come back to and put our trust in him, to fall back into the Lord so that we can walk daily with him. There is hope. So, society is going to tell you that excellence is, is big. It's big life. You've got to be doing this. You've got to be going on this trip. You've got to be with this people. You've got to be with this group. You've got to have this life. You've got to be following these steps. You've got to be noticed. You've got to be seen. But Christianity, the Lord, proclaims what true excellence is. God has decree, decreed that it is partaking in him. That it is partaking in his qualities, which is so much better, so much deeper, so much richer, and truly satisfying. Truly satisfying. That craving that we have, that craving of acceptance, that craving of, I, I, don't, I don't just want to be the next guy. We have our identity in Christ through that. Excellence is partaking in who he is. And so, um, I just, I encourage y'all, as you're, as, we're, as you're finishing out this weekend, is a perfect time to do it now because there's, there's nothing else until dinner at this point. But take some time, truly take some time and search your heart. Search your heart. And ask yourself, what, what are my motivations right now? What am, I, what am I doing in life right now? And if you've thought about this before, think about it again. Like, don't, don't let this weekend pass by, and, it, and it's just about, you know, hanging out and having a good time. But really sit down and think about what the Lord is doing in your life. Really think about, am I just going along with the tide? 
And again, it's not just what you see on social media. It can be good things. It can be good things that as, as, as Christians we say, oh, these, these, are, these are good things, which they are. But what is your motivation? What is your source? It has to be the Lord. We alluded, alluded to it earlier in a session of your faith has to be your own. And so this is just another example. This is just another way that we can get swept along into it and not even realize. Thanks for listening. We hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to give us a rating and review. And for more Snowbird content, check out our other podcast, No Sanity Required.